Episode 6, Princesses Married for Peace, Miserable Lives or Diplomatic Envoys. Hello, and welcome to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. Let's begin by answering this question. How many of these so-called princesses were sent by emperors of the Han Dynasty to marry nomadic rulers in order to make peace? The answer, more than 10. Why no exact number? Well, the reality was complex. Among them were real princesses and also some ladies not of royal descent who were ranked princesses. Besides, there were some failed cases both sides agreed on, but the princesses did not become princesses to marry the rulers. The diplomatic policy was called Hachin, which comes from He, meaning peacemaking, and Qin, meaning marriage. It was a kind of marriage alliance. The architect of the policy was Lo Qing, an advisor to Liu Bang, the first emperor of the Han Dynasty. Lo proposed granting the eldest daughter of the emperor to the Modu Chanyu of the Xiongnu. In fact, this was an excuse for giving money to the Xiongnu because paying tribute directly was distasteful. The Han Dynasty decided to send a princess to marry its ruler with several belongings as her dowry. The peace by marriage policy was expanded after Jiang Tian's journey to the western regions. In our last episode, we learned that his original intention of communicating with the western regions was to ally with the states and attack the Xiongnu together with the Han Dynasty. However, after Zhang's journey, the Han Dynasty not only married princesses to the ruler of the Xiongnu, but also sent princesses to tribes or states beyond the western regions. Why? Simply because marriage was an effective way to maintain a good relationship with them. It became the first choice for the Han Dynasty when brokering peace with the Wusun Kingdom, which lay beyond Xiongnu in the western regions. Of course, a Huqin marriage between the Han Dynasty and Wusun was different to those with the Xiongnu. This time, they were in an equal relationship. When Wusun asked the Han Empire for a princess with a thousand horses as a betrothal gift, they presented the daughter of a prince. Her name? Liu Xijun, and she came with a large amount of money as a dowry. So, 17-year-old Liu Xijun married Lia Jiaomi, king of Wusun. Their age difference was big, and they could not understand each other's language at all. It resulted in the girl living out the rest of her life in sadness. She even wrote a poem reflecting on her misery. I was, I was sent, sent a long, long distance, distance and married the king, king of Wusun. Wusun. I, I am, am not used, used to living in a tent in the western regions, regions where people eat only meat, drink only milk, and, and there are no vegetables. vegetables. I, I want, want to become, become a bird and return to my hometown. The poem was later taken back to Chang'an, the capital of the Han Empire. However, the emperor could not take Lu Xijun back because she was a means for maintaining good relations with Wusun. The emperor did send a lot of specialties of the central plains to comfort her. When her husband, the king, died, Liu Xijun was forced to follow Wusun's custom and marry the late king's grandson. During her new marriage, she gave birth to a daughter, but remained eternally unhappy. She died of excessive sadness. Liu Xijun was somebody who could not adapt to life as a Huqin princess. After she died, 
Wusun asked the Han Dynasty for another princess to marry its king, and the emperor agreed. The new Han princess, named Liu Jieyou, was the complete opposite of Liu Shijun. She was strong-minded and maintained a good relationship between Wusun and the Han Dynasty for 50 years. She went down in history as Princess Jieyou and attained a much higher political position than that of the best-known Huqin princess, Wang Jiaojun. Princess Jieyou married the then-king of Wusun, and following his death, she wed his successor, a cousin of the late king. She also outlived him, so she married his eldest son, Nimi, Wusun's new king. Princess Jieyou married three generations of Wusun kings. As Wusun was on the easternmost part of the western regions, both the Han Dynasty and the Xiongnu paid close attention to it. Therefore, it was a very important diplomatic mission for a Huqin princess to keep Wusun aligned with the Han Dynasty. Princess Jieyou did this. During her three generations as queen consort, Wusun favored the Han Dynasty. However, Princess Jieyou did much more than that. Her third husband was nicknamed the Mad King. Many people found him crazy. Besides, this king was not the heir to the throne as recognized by the Han Dynasty. Princess Jieyou was at odds with the Mad King. Later, when an envoy from the Han Dynasty came to visit Wu Sun, Princess Jieyou conspired with the envoy to assassinate her husband. Though they failed, it was a turning point for Wu Sun from prosperity to decline. After another two years, Princess Jieyou wrote to the Han court saying, I have, I have been, been in a foreign, foreign country, country for, for too long and, and hope, hope to, to return, return to my hometown. hometown. The Han emperor agreed. Makes sense? Her treatment was different to Lu Xijun because she completed her mission. Princess Jieyou returned to Chang'an at the age of 70. She was Lu Xijun's successor, but lived a very different life. There's another important person connected to Princess Jieyou, her maid, Feng Liao, who became China's first official female diplomat. Feng was very intelligent, excelled at horse riding, and became familiar with the languages and customs of the Western regions soon after their arrival. She followed orders from the Han Empire to visit neighboring states as an envoy on behalf of Princess Jieyou to promote Han enlightenment and culture. People from those states were stunned that the Han Dynasty had named a woman as its representative. She was courteous, had excellent taste, and could even converse without an interpreter. They praised her as Madame Feng. When another big war was about to break out, Feng Liao successfully persuaded Wu Jiutu, a Wusun prince, to surrender to the Han Empire. Emperor Liu Xun of Han was impressed by Feng's achievement and courage, so he summoned her to hear more. Feng Liao impressed everyone in the Han court with her extensive knowledge and insightful ideas. She also gained respect and sympathy for Princess Jieyou. While their fate was tough and even unfair, the Huqin princesses, as well as the maids who accompanied them, demonstrated a strength and determination that remains impressive 2,200 years later. Thanks so much for listening to Stuff You Missed in Chinese History. I'm Patrick Flannery. Catch you next time.